and welcome to Ag PhD Radio. It's Farmer Friday. That means we're taking your calls and agronomic questions all throughout the show today. And we'll talk about any agronomic topic you would like to discuss. We'll also be answering your emails at radio at agphd.com. Brian, we are not planting corn yet, but the fields are starting to dry out up here. Well, yeah, I, I mean, and they should be at this time of year. So we certainly could be out there if we were desperate, but we don't. I don't know that we have any full fields that are quite fit, but yeah, we're really close. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are about to happen. One of them uh, you talked about just a little bit on yesterday's show, spring manure. And this is one I know it's not normally our favorite thing to do. Our soils have been fairly dry, though, for the last few years and dry at a pretty deep depth. Uh, So it, it seems like it's something we've been able to get away with. And maybe this year will be the year that we can get away with that again, you think? (laughs) Uh, Well, when you say get away with, I don't like that term at all. We're not trying to do the wrong thing. We want to do the right thing all the time. It's just that if you don't have moisture in the top two inches, then you need to probably go a little bit deeper in this type of dry environment. Would I do this if I was in central Illinois getting twice the rainfall we do? No way. No way. I, I just, I'd plan it like normal. And I take my chances that I'm going to get some rain. But anyway, yeah, we're in a little different geography. Personally, I think the drought's over. We had two and a half years of drought. Um, We had almost record snowfall this winter. So I think that's pretty much it for the drought. So, yeah, I think we're going to get normal rains. I'm not too worried about I'm not at this point planning on going deep. I think we're going to be just fine planting in a normal depth. Hey, one thing you brought up this morning that we were talking about, I guess the first thing we got talking about today is just how windy it's been. And with all the work that that farmers want to get done in the fields in the spring, and I know for our farm we've got things that we could be spraying out there, but the wind just hasn't cooperated even even early in the morning. It's been tough. Right. Yeah, we, we wanted to actually, we even wanted to do some filming this week, filming the Ag PhD TV show too windy every single day just terrible even early in the morning and usually early in the morning uh it's great but honestly i didn't mind the wind this week we had wind and almost record heat this week we needed that because we had so much snow around the countryside that uh had had to get that melted away so whatever that's just that's kind of the way it goes when you farm in the geography that we do but yeah it it does put us a little bit behind because I was hoping to have a bunch of our pre's sprayed and some of our fertilizer spread by now. Took a while for the snow to melt and then the wind just will not stop blowing. Even right now, I mean, oh, it's so gusty and our guys are talking about doing it. And we did do a tiny little bit of spraying this morning, but virtually nothing, just too windy. All right. So there are a lot of things that, that it seems like every fall there are jobs that Farmers want to get done, just run out of time. At some point, you have to call a spade a spade, and winter's here. It gets too cold. The ground gets too hard. Maybe it's too wet, whatever, and jobs get put off until spring, or or at least hopefully can get done in the spring. When you look at those spring jobs, like fertilization, strip till, um, those kinds of things that you'd like to do in the fall, but now it's spring. Are, are there any of those you'd say are off the table yet, or would you say everything is still on the table here on April 14th? Well, yeah. I mean, if 
if you've got a, a job that you didn't get done in the fall that needs to be done for the crop year, of course we're going to still plan on doing that. I, I mean, it's only as a last resort where we couldn't or we wouldn't do something like that. So I think about a few years ago when we, I, I, I mean, by the time we got done with harvest or even close to done with harvest, I mean, the ground was freezing up, it was wet, uh, or it had been wet. So, I mean, you just couldn't get anything applied for fertilizer in the fall. Well, you have to come along and do it in the spring. That's that's just the way it goes. And you always have to have, like, not just a plan B, but like a C, D, E, and F, because you just don't know how things are going to go. So that's part of the reason why we have so much equipment around our place. So we can go any direction we want to. If we want a broadcast spread, we want a strip till, we want to put stuff on the planter, we want a foliar, we want a wide drop. I mean, we can do it all because uh, we have to be flexible, at least in my opinion, if we're going to be successful on the farm. Yeah, that's for sure. You, you you certainly have to look at at things in multiple ways. And hey, what what's my next best alternative? Uh, Janelle, if we could dive into the mailbag real quick, I'm gonna throw one past Brian. It's the mailbag. Andrew from Pennsylvania sent us some soil tests and also a, a lime map. And I was just looking at that. He's got cation exchange capacities of five to seven. And a lime recommendation that's calling for two ton or more of lime and a pH that's almost six. It doesn't make much sense to me. What what should you look at on a lime recommendation if you say, man, it looks like this is asking me to put on way too much? Well, what crops are you going to plant? So here, let's put it this way. Yesterday, I think, on the show, we were talking about alfalfa production. You've got to have that pH at or near seven. If you don't, your alfalfa is going to suffer big time. Not just in the first year, but multiple years, the life of the stand, everything. So I guess I would just say, I don't know what crop they're they're going to plant. I don't know what they're trying to do. I also don't know what kind of lime we're talking about. Well, Maybe it's junky it's a, lime. It's a dry lime uh, with 28% calcium. Okay. With... Uh, um, 75% passing through a 60 mesh screen, 60% passing through a 100 mesh. Yeah, so that's that's fairly decent lime. So to put two tons on, and you said between 5 and 7 CEC? Yes. Yeah, there's no way I'd do that. Yeah, no, that um, seems like but, a lot. And, and I guess Andrew just said, man, I, I know you guys talk about not overdoing it. This sounds like overdoing it. And Yeah, but... Yeah, but, but here's the thing. I, I mean, overdoing it in a, in a sandy soil like that versus overdoing it in our heavy soil, whole different. So that's part of the reason why I'm sure they want to overdo it is because they that pH has been falling over time, and it's tough to keep that pH up in that sand. Yeah, it's important to look at lime analysis as well as soil analysis as you're trying to make those lime recommendations. We'll dive back into more questions right after this. There are a lot of choices for closing systems in the market. 360 Wave has been topping them all in side-by-sides. More plants and ears, more bushels. They're in stock and ready to ship from 360. Most closing systems attempt to close from the top down. Wave closes from the bottom up, rolling moist soil over the seed, plus puts starter fertilizer in the sweet spot. There is still time to upgrade your closing system with 360 Wave. Learn more at 360yieldcenter.com. 
This season, get medieval on Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia fungicide from Valent USA. Here to shield your sugar beets from the treachery of Rhizoctonia, Excalia delivers excellent staying power, keeping your sugar beets from being conquered. Stay one step ahead of Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia. Ask your retailer or visit valent.com slash Excalia to learn more. Always read and follow legal instructions. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutricia and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. What does it really mean to provide the best crop nutrition? With AgroLiquid, you're getting a one-of-a-kind approach, one that caters to your specific agronomic needs. You're getting a crop nutrition plan that maximizes your fertilizer applications from every drop, all while accounting for your management practices and the products you're already using. But it's not just a product. It's peace of mind, knowing we've thought of everything. That's the AgroLiquid way. Apply less, expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Farmer Friday and Ag PhD Radio, thanks for joining us. We're taking your calls and agronomic questions all throughout the show at 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. Let's head down to Missouri. Got Brooks on with us right now. How's it going, Brooks? Good. How are you, Darren? Well, I would be doing better if we had a corn planter running the field, but we haven't quite got to that point yet up here. How about you guys? So we got them all hooked up and ready to go. We have a little bit of uh, dry fertilizer yet to run. And, uh, so basically I'm just waiting on my fertilizer to get run, and then I'll start turning the planter as well. Okay. When when you look at that dry fertilizer program, tell us about that just a little bit. What are you putting on this spring? How are you getting it out there? And, and how did you decide how much to use? So we have a couple of, of dry carts that we run, and we just, just P&K. Uh, with a little bit of sulfur mixed in. And so we just broadcast it. Uh, it's, I, you know, I, I hate to say the worst words in farming, or it's the way we've always done it, but it's the way we've always done it. And so if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, you know, I'd like to implement a few changes, maybe get a, a box for, a, we have a sprayer, John Deere sprayer, that uh, I'd like to get a box for that. And I think it'd go a lot quicker. But otherwise, right now, it's it's working okay for now, so. You know, I think it's interesting on, on farm operations. This is something my, my non-farm friends uh, ask about and, and sometimes have a hard time understanding. When there's multiple decision makers on the farm, sometimes it's tough to make changes because you have something everybody's agreed on, and now somebody's got this bright idea and they want to change things. As you can imagine with Brian and me, that went over real well with our dad, all the ideas we had. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Well, I've got a cousin that's getting ready to graduate college and he already has all kinds of great ideas that, uh, you know, it's one of those deals. Well, get out your checkbook and, and that kind of slows 
words roll a little bit. But <laughs> Oh, yes, I heard those words from my dad, too. <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes there's some good ideas. And one of the things that, that Brian and I have done, which has been pretty good, because uh, I always wondered, you know, man, is it is it really going to work working with my brother? But uh, one of the cool things is we just try it. It's like, okay, you, want, you think that's a better way to do it? Let's try it on one field. Or let's split a field. And let's see how it turns sure. out. And and a lot of times, uh, uh, the new things may not always work, but sometimes they really do. And it's like, wow, yeah, that's that's really good. Let's let's keep doing it. And uh, I I like to tease Brian. I'm like, sometimes somehow all the good ideas become Brian's idea, even if they weren't necessarily <laughs> Brian's idea to start. But I don't care about that. I don't care who gets the credit. I just I like that we're doing things better and and maybe maybe yielding more. That'd be cool. Sure, sure. Yeah, and then, it, you know, whoever is wrong, you know, at, at Christmas, you can really rub it in. <laughs> well, that, when, when you're working with your brother, I mean, you can always rub stuff in, so that's, that's sure, a sure. benefit, too. <laughs> All right, so you got to get a little dry fertilizer out there, and i uh, been hearing a lot of talk about guys putting a field of beans in early and and then maybe even doing it before corn and then starting the corn. What what do you think on your farm? Do beans go in first? Do corn? Does corn always go in first? How do you do that? So we always start with corn. We we recently added a, a third planter, uh, and it, it is solely a bean planter. And I I like to get it going just a couple days after we start with corn. Uh, my grandfather is still very much involved in the farming operation, and so he awesome. likes to start with corn because because you know yeah it's he's eighty eight years old and still really involved in the day to day. It's great, uh, and so he you know he likes to have the corn going first, and so uh, that's that's the way we do it. So, and I've heard guys put in beans first and it works for them. I just haven't convinced everyone that, you know, we might want to try that. Yeah. I also had a call from somebody that had beans that are already up and they're talking about a potential freeze in that area. And that person was right. quite, quite nervous right now yeah. uh, and justifiably so. You don't want to have to replant. It's way too early to start doing that. But anyway, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's. It's interesting, just some of the things that come up. Okay, so you got dry fertilizer to go, and and as you put that out, do you till that in? I didn't. I don't remember if you said anything about that. What do you do with the dry fertilizer? Nope, we just we just like everyone, we hope for a rain. So uh, no, we we are completely no till, and uh, we don't till it in at all. We just wait for a rain to get in there, and and uh, we we saw a, a study that said that most of the P and K is generally in the top, you know, one or two inches, and so. We've actually discussed incorporating a tillage program for maybe a quarter of our acres a year just to kind of incorporate that, that drive further into the soil. But we haven't – maybe when my cousin comes back here in a year, we'll have – We'll have more help that we can do that sort of thing maybe in the fall. Yeah, Brian's talked about that here too, that he's interested in maybe doing some deep tillage once every 10 years or something like that and uh, just to try to flip those things around a little bit. So it's probably something you'll hear more talk about here. Uh, You mentioned no-till though. How long has the no-till been going on and what does the 88-year-old think of the no-till? Was it his idea to get started in that or (laughs) has that been an annoyance uh, for for many years for him? Well, uh, <laughs> he's currently in a tractor with no radio, so hopefully he won't hear <laughs> hear me say that was uh, that was uh, my dad and uncle uh, convinced him to try that. And still, every once in a while, he'll he'll go get the disc and, and turn a little bit under just just to make himself feel better, I guess. But no, we started uh, no tilling in the late '80s and have been no till ever since. So that's kind of what we've got going on with us. And like I said, it's 
it works, so we're not going to try to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's interesting, and and you know some of those things too. When you see all the good things that have come about, you kind of hate to change it and say, "Man, I I did all this to build things up. I hate to to take a chance. I'm going to tear that down too." Sure, sure. Well, Brooks, good luck to you here this spring. Hopefully, uh, that dry fertilizer gets coming, and and uh, you can keep moving and get the corn going in the ground soon. Indeed, I hope you guys get turn the turn in here pretty quick as well. You bet. Thanks a lot. Thank, thank you. Uh, let's head down to Louisiana. We've got Jason out with us right now. How's it going, Jason? Hey, it's going good. How are you? Pretty good. All right. So what's happening in Louisiana? Have you got corn that's like tasseling out or something like that? Are you going to rub it in <laughs> that I don't have my corn in yet? <laughs> well, we do have uh, V4, V5 corn right now. We're putting liquid trying to finish the liquid fertilizer up on it right now and uh but yeah the crop's looking pretty good excellent yeah that's fun i i just can't wait to see those green rows across our fields too uh talk to us about your other crops what about beans i know in the north this has been one of the things guys have debated man should i put some beans in early uh, maybe even earlier than the corn how about down in louisiana do you do things just a little different with soybeans there well, we do. We normally try to get our corn in uh, the first two to three weeks of March, and then we then we come back in in April, the first two to three weeks of April, and get our soybeans in. So they normally go in right behind the corn. But uh, we've been getting some uh, rain lately that's been keeping us out of the field, and uh, we haven't quite got the amount of acres of beans that we wanted planted. But, uh, you know, with our high-speed planters now it doesn't take long to get it in we just need a little dry stretch absolutely absolutely how about with rice when what is the timing on rice so yeah the uh, a lot of times we uh the farmers in our area they like to get uh get their medium grain rice in first and most of it or i say most a lot of it is in already and then the long grain comes behind it but april is a prime month to get her you know get all our rice planted also it's uh we're we're sitting on go. We just, like I said, need some of that liquid gold and uh, need a few days of dry weather. Yeah, it's it's a challenge. I can only imagine. You guys get a lot more rain to deal with than we do up here. We kind of complain when it comes once a, you know, maybe once a week or once every other week. It's like, oh man, we had to to miss a day. I can only imagine if it's coming more often than yeah. that. It's a challenge. Yeah, yeah. Right now we're also, I guess, we're spraying our corn, our post shot. Uh, for herbicide and uh we've really been battling some stuff this year we talked about last fall uh, about italian ryegrass oh man it just really gives us a lot of fits down there still it's clethodum resistant roundup resistant i'm starting to wonder if it's plow resistant here (laughs) before much longer It's, it's gotten resistant to everything you know, we were just talking to, to Brooks, who does no-till up in Missouri, and uh, a lot of times guys, especially no-till guys, will say, man, I guess I guess iron might be my only option for this thing. And, yeah, it's no fun when, when herbicides aren't working. Well, Jason, good luck to you here. Hopefully the, the liquid fertilizer and, and post-herbicide on the corn goes well for you. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this.
When we told growers that New Bear Premium Trifold Herbicide for corn delivers visibly clean fields for up to eight weeks, they were a bit skeptical. Um, we'll see how it works. So we decided to prove it. We set up cameras in multiple cornfields, treated them with Trivolt, and filmed for 24 hours a day. For eight weeks, we saw a variety of weather conditions, and Trivolt worked. See for yourself at trivoltinaction.com. Trivolt is a restricted-use pesticide. Consult your state pesticide regulator for specific restrictions. Read and follow pesticide label directions. This is Officer Jones calling for backup. 10-4, location? Craver back 40. Looks like we've got palmer amaranth, kochia, some common water hemp. Resistant weeds. Copy that. You'll need a good tank mix partner. I'm sending tough 5 UC. Come out with your hands up! Guys, we're surrounded. Crack down on repeat offenders. Add Tough 5 EC to your post-emergence tank mix. Learn more at toughonweeds.com. Always read and follow label directions. Tough is a registered trademark of Belgian Crop Protection. Control the toughest weeds with overlapping residuals. Lock in the longest-lasting control for your soybean fields. A pre-emergence application of an authority brand herbicide plus a post-application of Anthem Max herbicide establishes the overlapping residual control key to safeguarding your soybean seasons. This pairing is a heavy-duty economical strategy against Palmer Amaranth, Waterhemp, Kochia, and more. Visit your FMC retailer or lockin.ag.fmc.com today. Always read and follow all label directions. At Ag PhD, we're always looking for ways to support the ag industry. That's why at our free Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships event, we're giving away more than 100 college scholarships. Plus, we'll head out into the field for hands-on agronomy sessions, including our comprehensive guide to crop scouting. This day may be geared towards younger farmers, but whether you're a college student or just want good agronomy info, this is one event you won't want to miss. Learn more and register for the Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships event at agphd.com. Head over to your local CNB to get yourself a new John Deere planter or schedule inspections to make sure your equipment is as ready for spring as you are. Visit CNB Operations online at DeerEquipment.com. That's D-E-E-R Equipment.com. Morton buildings are made to last for generations. With superior materials, craftsmanship, and best-in-class warranty, we are committed to quality. To learn how we can help you expand your farm operation, visit MortonBuildings.com. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. Get your planter ready for spring with Germinator Closing Wheels from Farm Shop MFG. And now when you buy 12 rows or more, get free shipping or 20% off an end zone bin system. Offer good while supplies last, so order yours today at FarmShopMFG.com. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio on a Farmer Friday. That means our phone lines are open throughout the show at 844-44-AG-PHD, or you can email us, radio at agphd.com. Let's head up to North Dakota. Got our friend Cliff on right now. How's it going, Cliff? Well, it's going very good. We have probably 80% of the snow that's melted, and we have ponding that's occurring, but most of it's going into the soil because we need the moisture, we ran out of moisture late last fall. The corn suffered a little bit, the soybean suffered, but the other crops, we had an excellent year, thanks to the latest blizzard we've ever had, and that filled our soil profile, so we got a good crop with a couple of timely rains. 
You know what a what a year when we I, I know we didn't have the frost down here. The the snow came early enough that there just never was much frost, and we've had the same thing. A lot of this moisture from the snow is just soaking right in. Excellent! It's absolutely an ideal melt. Okay, so talk to us about this. You've seen a number of years like this uh, throughout your farming career where where you have the heavy snow cover. When it's soaking in like this and we're, we're coming out of a drought, uh, how late does this mean we're going to be getting in there? I know it can all depend on rainfall this spring, but do we have a shot yet of planting by May 15th? Yes, we do. And even in Bonneau County, which, you know, we're close to the Canadian border. But as we look at things and because of what we have planned and our our grandfathers and great-grandfathers planned this 100 years ago in Botano County. They had the first legal drain in the state of North Dakota. It's called the Gessner Drain. We are still getting the benefit of that over 110 years later. And the planning that we're doing for the upcoming issues for Botano County and water management, hopefully the people that take this land on in the next 50 years will get the benefit of our water management. Wow, what a big deal. And, you know, for our listeners who aren't familiar with uh, the geography of North Dakota, where Cliff's at, uh, that's north of the Continental Divide, meaning water is going to run north. And typically, it's colder as you go north, so uh, folks may not thaw out as quick as uh, as folks to the south in North Dakota do. So that water's got to go somewhere, and that can be a challenge. And uh, you mentioned you started off dry in the fall, and you know even on the years where you've had the right amount of rainfall, by having drainage, you're at least going to have that top three feet dry and able to to soak in moisture from say a great big snow like we got this year absolutely correct last fall when we were dry we got about a half an inch of moisture that went down in the soil from eight inches to a foot then it froze then we got the snowfall which gave it good cover right now we are thawing that 12 inches of frost out of the soil and that water's going down because under the 12 inches, there's seven feet of dry clay. We are going to fill that reservoir, and hopefully that will provide us the added moisture during the summer that will give us a good crop. You know, it's interesting, Cliff, and this is a whole different geography, but I was reading an article a couple of weeks ago about a farmer in California that was literally flooding his fields because he was worried they were going to turn a lot of that excess moisture out and just dump it in the ocean. And so he was trying to soak things into his ground and, and rebuild his aquifers and, and just rebuild his deep soil profile. And, and apparently that had been done in the past following extreme drought conditions out there. Uh, we, we may have that happen naturally in our field snow snow just sits in our field and uh, a lot of times when the ground's fairly flat it's got one place to go and that's down so glad to hear there's plenty of room for it well what he is discussing is called flood irrigation and we have done that on the russell drain for 40 years we let the snow stay in the channels and the water will accumulate and we have spots where we have 
100 acres of water backed up. We keep the water on the soil. The soil thaws out. The water goes in. And you can tell within five feet of where that water sat in the middle of July. So water conservation is a key item for Botano County because, yes, we are in an area that doesn't get a lot of rainfall during the growing season. And when you get into August, that is the driest month of the year. So we need to conserve as much moisture as possible. Yeah, it it is uh, it is pretty neat. And the thought of our forefathers, uh, we I know my dad would point that out to us a lot. That look at what these guys did with the tools that they had, and he's like, we've got way better tools and capabilities than those guys did, and we just have to use our brains as much as some of our forefathers did, rather than just uh, work hard. We got to work smart. If our forefathers could figure it out in 1905. And we're here today enjoying what they did, and they dug it with horses and shovels. And we are getting the benefits of that, and with the technology we have today, water management is becoming more more important because if we don't manage the water and the alkali, our productive is going to decrease, and we don't want that. We cannot afford that. When you look at what they want with the 30-30 plan and America the Beautiful or whatever you want to call it, they are calling for 30% reduction in the land that produces something, whether it's ranching or agriculture, by the year 2030. That is not going to be good for the world because it needs food. Yeah, that's for sure. And, you know, you mentioned something too earlier, Cliff, when you said our our grandparents and great-grandparents. And, you know, I'm a fourth-generation farmer on this farm that we're on. uh, And I think about things that our our great-grandpa, who I never met, uh, did to, to fix things up, to make things better and easier to farm and we're still enjoying the benefits of those now. Uh, for, for our non-farm listeners, you know, this is something that I think is, is sometimes tough to understand that, uh, hey, these, these previous generations worked really, really hard, often for not much money, to, to make this ground better. And when you look at, you're just talking about water management here specifically, but it's nutrient management, it's soil management, uh, all those things that, that go into this. I, I know we've got a, a shelter belt that our great grandpa put up. And uh, honestly, we, we film our Ag PhD show with the benefit of wind protection near that shelter belt quite often. And so, so many of these things, uh, you're right, there's going to be a benefit from them a hundred years from now by doing the right thing today. Yes, I agree 100%. And whether you're fourth generation or fifth generation, and there's another part that comes with this. In order to keep people out on the farmstead, we need good rural water. And I'll tell you something from personal history here. If mama's not happy because you got bad water on the farm, it's a long day. (laughs) We need good water out on the farm. We have the Northwest Area Water Supply bringing water uh, from Minot up to Botno, and we're going to expand that. And I'll tell you what, if you want your cities to grow, you need good water in the cities, and that's what we're bringing to Botno. Yeah, yeah, that is important. 
Well, Cliff, uh, great talking to you today. I'm glad to hear uh, 80% of the snow is melted. That doesn't mean there isn't quite a bit left, but at least there's a lot less than there was, and that's a good sign. Yeah. We're heading forward. Thank you very much. Have a good day. You bet. You too, Cliff. Yeah, it's always fun talking with Cliff. So Cliff Farms, uh, like he was mentioning, up in northern North Dakota. And, yeah, water is a huge concern there, just especially in the spring with the melt. But uh, he mentioned in the summer, too, it gets to be tough because they do get quite dry up there sometimes, too. So they've got to do everything right with how they're managing their soil and how they're managing water in order to be successful. And they certainly have been successful for a long time up there. It's Farmer Friday on our show today. Our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD if you have an agronomic question or a topic you'd like to discuss. And we'll be right back after this. Get what you spray for. Results. Get the lasting control more corn growers trust with Anthem Max Herbicide from FMC. Apply pre-plant, pre-emergence, or early post-emergence to control tough broadleaf weeds and grasses before they cost you. For superior control with a low use rate and long residual, make the easy, high-performing choice. Visit anthemmax.ag.fmc.com to get results. Always read and follow all label directions. Did you know soybean diseases like white mold and sudden death syndrome can survive in your soil even after rotating crops? Prevention of these diseases is a constant battle and yield loss from an infection can be devastating. The right management plan makes all the difference. Keep your beans safe with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Heads Up guards your seed from both white mold and SDS. Stay protected and profitable by asking your seed dealer for Heads Up. Learn more at HeadsUpST.com. My mom's got a new Case IH tractor, and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Shift like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. Nothing gets a better view of your crops than your pivot. Plant Insights powered by Prospera transforms your center pivot into a crop health monitoring machine. Be one of two growers to get Plant Insights on your farm with a free one-year subscription. Enter to win at agtechonthefarm.com. With Plant Insights, you can see everything your pivot does all season long, from emergence to pests, weeds, and disease. Enter today at agtechonthefarm.com. With Plant Insights, you'll walk away a winner. When we told growers that New Bear Premium Trifold Herbicide for corn delivers visibly clean fields for up to eight weeks, they were a bit skeptical. Um, we'll see how it works. So we decided to prove it. We set up cameras in multiple cornfields, treated them with Trifold, and filmed for 24 hours a day. For eight weeks, we saw a variety of weather conditions, and Trivolt worked. See for yourself at trivoltinaction.com. Trivolt is a restricted-use pesticide. Consult your state pesticide regulator for specific restrictions. Read and follow pesticide label directions. The value of your farm building is in its ability to protect what's stored inside. From the smallest fastener to the trusses overhead, Morton leaves absolutely no detail to chance. It's how we ensure that your building stands the test of time. From concept to completion, we take pride in providing a high-quality building to last for generations. 
To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com. listening to Ag PhD Radio on a Farmer Friday. Our phone lines are open here in the Morton studio at 844-44-AG-PHD. If you have an agronomic question you would like to discuss, or if you just want to talk about what's going on on your farm, that's fine too. Got Jake with us right now out of New York. How's it going, Jake? I'm good. How are you today, Darren? Pretty good. What's happening on your farm? Well, you know, we're uh, fortunate this week. Today is about 75 degrees. The sun's out nice and bright, and we're just letting things kind of dry out here for spring right now. Excellent. Yeah, we've had a lot of wind to help us with that, too. Are you getting windy conditions up there also? We had last week, we had some some wet and wind. Uh, This week, early in the week, we had some wind, but uh, things have calmed down now. Oh, well, that's fun. Maybe a five or six mile an hour breeze right now is it. Yeah, it makes makes it enjoyable to be out there. You got all the equipment ready to go, or you're still working on some things? We're for the most part we're set to set to roll when the when the weather warm when the ground warms up here a little bit, and we're just kind of we're fortunate we have an excavating company too, so we've been concentrating with that right now, helping some other guys out. So yeah, well, it's a busy time for that business also. How, how do you get it all it done? Is. What do you what do you have for manpower on your farm? Have you got a bunch of family members? Have you got some hired help too? Well, so right now it's uh, myself, my wife, uh, she gets in and runs equipment with us too, and then uh, my father works along with us. Oh, excellent. And then same kind of same thing in the excavating. Uh, so we uh, things get a little hectic, but this time of the year, you know, like, uh, like a lot, we run seven days a week from when the sun comes up to when it goes down. Well, it's fun. It's fun being out there when you're doing things that you enjoy, and then then it doesn't feel as much like work, uh, and especially when you get to work with your family too. It's other than having to work with my brother, which sometimes can be a pain, Jake. But uh, outside of that, <laughs> it's, no, I'm just teasing. It's it's pretty good. Hey, uh, talk to us about the farm a little bit. What's the first order of business? Did you get all the fertility work done, tillage work done, that kind of thing that you're just going to go ahead and plant, or do you got some other things you got to do first? So we actually, we just, yesterday, I just put down uh, our first pass of Super U on our winter wheat. Um, so that's kind of, that's coming up looking good right now. Um, from there, we don't do, we don't do a whole lot of tillage. We try to do as much no-till as possible. We'll do a little bit with uh, John Deere VT, you know, right ahead, right ahead of the planter. We try to keep that so it doesn't get too far ahead. Sure. And then most of our fertility either goes all down through the planter uh, for corn anyway, so it's down through the planter and then back through its side dress. And then, uh, same thing with soybeans. We try to put it down right ahead of the planter. So oh, that's we, not, uh, sounds we like ha- you... haven't gotten to the point where we can band it in the ground yet, but that's in our, in our goals for the future, at least. So. Cool. Well, it sounds like you kind of figured out how to maximize your manpower too, that, Hey, we don't have like 10 people here working on the farm. So let's try and get as many things done at once as we can. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, we've, we've been fortunate. We've been able to size our equipment up so that we can try to get stuff in in a, in a pretty quick fashion. And, you know, if, if things go like they're supposed to, we can about five days put all of our crops in with just, wow. just the three of us. So, granted, the weather never really works for us that way. <laughs> I but, was going to say, uh, you're going to need to get lucky on the weather for that to all happen, but uh, yeah, sometimes right, it right does. Right here where we're at, to try to get a, a seven-day window of dry weather in the spring is about impossible. So, 
<laughs> well, I've kind of spread yeah, out some we, of we your work here. You so. got you got winter wheat as part of the operation, so at least those fields don't have to get planted. Is it corn and soybeans besides that, or do you have any other crops in the rotation? Yeah, no, just corn and soybeans. That's really, in our area, the only other crop really is uh, apples. And that's, uh, there, there's some vegetables, you know, potatoes, onions, and that. But uh, primarily we're in apple country or corn and soybeans right here. Okay, excellent. And excavating oh. company. So that's... that's and, uh... and excavating. <laughs> that's, that's been a staple of, of everything for quite, quite some time now, so... You bet. Well, Jake, you're a super busy guy. Really appreciate talking to you. Good luck here as you guys get rolling this spring. I appreciate it. Thanks, Darren. Same to you guys. And everybody stay safe out there. Oh, that's exactly right. That's number one. Uh, safety is is a big deal. Uh, get Dennis with us down in southeast Nebraska. Dennis, uh, you guys probably already done, aren't you? I, I know you're gonna you're just gonna kill me today that we don't have our corn even started yet. I wish we had the moisture you had, Darren. I'll tell you, it's excessively dry over in this part of the world. Uh, we just uh, had maybe from October, I, I, I looked on my calendar, from October to to now, we've had about four and a half inches. And our profile has got about 10, 12, maybe 18 inches in it, and the rest is bone dry underneath. Wow. And, uh, we were planting in, we started a week ago, we were planting and uh, getting it in moisture, the beans. Uh, switched over on the bean, uh, bean stubble ground, started planting corn two days ago. Within a day or two, that slot will drive out, even though we're sealing it real good. It just, uh, it's a challenge. I, I've never seen this, something like this in all my life. It's just, it's, it's really serious. It's, uh, and it's a big area, too. It's just not, you know, a small area. No. And I talk, yeah, I listen to your show all the time, and all you guys are talking about moisture, but. It's just not here in southeast Nebraska right now. So, yeah, it's it was I'll interesting. Tell you one freak thing. Oh, good. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say we had Cliff on up in North Dakota, and he was saying, and they've had so much snow up in North Dakota this winter. But yeah. he said they've got seven feet of dry clay underneath, you know, the top maybe foot or so where stuff is melted in, and they got uh -huh. some frost and whatnot. But uh, he's yeah. like, we yeah. we are so dry underneath, and I know you guys just haven't gotten anything. Plus, you've had all the heat. I mean, this week you had to be close to a hundred degrees, didn't you? Well, we yesterday and the day before had 88 degrees and wind blowing 40 mile an hour, so you can tell how it's drying out. So uh, we had a freak thing the other day planting beans three days ago, and I've never seen it. And it, people don't hardly believe it until we got the fire department out. But he was planting corn and turned around, and there was fire on the other end of the field, and he just planted through it. And so I don't know if he hit a rock or something with a spark, but that gives you an idea how dry these stalks are out here that they can catch fire. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's a little scary. You think I'm pulling your leg, but no. that's the God's truth. No, I sure don't. I sure don't. Well, I mean, you drive equipment at night and sometimes you see that stuff. You see some sparks and those kinds of things when you're yeah. coming through. Oh yeah. 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 One question I have for you. Uh, we put on our corn herbicide seven to 10 days ago and had a few days, the wind just perfect. So we just put it on. It's been dry ever since. What do you think we're going to have left out of that thing if it ever does start raining? Well, I think it's going to be there. Uh, most of these corn herbicides now that we're putting out uh, don't have much for photodegradation. So they, they do okay, okay sitting on top of the ground or worked in the top few inches. They just sit there and wait for rain. And, you know, the, the yeah. I don't know if there's anything good about being as dry as you are, but if there was anything good, at least the weeds haven't germinated and got to, got to start they at least haven't. the spring I, ones. I don't see nothing out there. 
yeah, they have not come up or anything like that. You and uh, you got a uh, little bit of white oats, oats is coming up. You're hearing bit. You're seeing some here. Sure. But the rest of the stuff, we're not seeing anything, you know. So I'm hoping it's there. And we got a very good chance of rain tonight. The system coming through, so we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, we were talking like about that, that here. But, uh, we, we've got a chance up here, too, and, and I know the guys are saying it looks like it's going to go south of us, and I, I know you guys can use it even worse than we could. Yeah, I know the ground is so loose. If we get a heavy rain, it's gonna we're going to have a little erosion. I mean, it just... It's just loose, you know, and stuff like that. So, Well, Dennis, I don't know what to wish you other than that you guys get some timely rains, that they come nice and easy and probably last for a couple of days and soak in. But hopefully hopefully you guys catch uh-huh. that. I, I know you sure deserve it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll just, we've been praying and stuff like that, and that's about all you can do, you know, and go there. But just want to tell you, I enjoy your show a lot. I watch it. Uh, uh, on when I'm on the road a lot and that I watch it I listen to it all the time you know and stuff like that so it oh, just, thank uh, you Dennis uh, it's a it, it's a nice show that keeps away from the politics that we hear too damn much about <laughs> <laughs> yeah I agree well we we just soon talk farming all day as most farmers would so uh maybe maybe they'll oh, yeah. just keep growing there'll be other shows too that that uh, are out there I know there's getting to yeah. be more and more which is kind of fun yeah yeah All right. Well, thanks, Dennis. Good luck to you guys. Stay safe down there. Well, thank you. Okay. I'll I'll be in touch once in a while. You bet. Sounds good. Sounds good. Man, that is, it is a scary thing though. Uh, And just, if you didn't catch that, uh, Dennis was saying his son was running the planter through the field, must've hit a rock or something that created a spark. And it is so dry down in Southeast Nebraska. It started a fire on one end of the field. Uh, that he didn't notice till he was on the other end of the field turning around, coming back with the planters. So be careful out there and, and pray for those guys who haven't had the rain. It's Farmer Friday. We'll be right back after this. When it comes to cereal disease protection, Prosaro Pro 400 SC fungicide from Bayer makes all the difference. With three effective active ingredients for overlapping control of foliar and head diseases and a flexible application window for head scab, it's formulated to lower dawn, protect yield potential, and promote superior grain quality. Prosaro Pro. The future of plant health starts here. Visit prosaropro.com to learn more. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. The hardworking independent spirit of rural America can often be isolating. It's not often discussed, but mental health issues are real. Now's the time to lead by example. Talk openly and show that a strong mind is just as important as a strong body. FMC is proud to be working toward ending the misconceptions around mental health. Through awareness, guidance, and action, together we can uproot the stigma. You won't want to miss this year's Ag PhD Field Day with guided tours of our extensive research plots, world premieres of the latest ag technologies, the highest yielding farmers on the planet, and more equipment running than ever before. The Ag PhD Field Day just keeps getting bigger and better. We'll also have great family entertainment, including a kid's area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and food and drink available all throughout the day. But the best part is everything's free. Go to agphd.com to learn more for the Ag PhD Field Day, Thursday, July 27th. Win the war against weeds in your soybean fields with fierce herbicides from Valent USA. With three different formulations and multiple modes of action, you're sure to find the right fierce product to protect your operation from tough weeds like Palmer Amaranth and Waterhemp. 
Give your soybeans a strong, clean start with up to eight weeks of residual control with the powerful pre-emergence protection of Fierce Herbicide. Ask your local retailer or visit valen.com fierce to find the right Fierce formulation for you. Always read and follow label instructions. At Corteva AgriScience, we want to keep farms healthy and productive, today and tomorrow. That's why we're investing in a robust pipeline of naturally derived biologicals. Meet Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer. It's a sustainable nitrogen fixation product that facilitates crop growth and optimizes yield potential. With the fluctuation in fertilizer prices, Nutrition N is a reliable solution. It can be used alongside your traditional nitrogen program to enhance your ROI this year. For more information, visit Corteva.us. The weeds are coming! The weeds are coming! Hey! I'll reveal! This whole midnight ride thing is getting real. But the HPPD resistant weeds are coming. We've got Verdict Herbicide. Verdict Herbicide? Yeah, it's a non HPPD corn pre herbicide from BASF. Well, well then, get some sleep. Yeah, will do. The weeds are coming! Switch to Verdict Herbicide! Always read and follow label directions! Well, we did it. We talked about a corn planter running in Nebraska, and guess what? Our friend Tony Wendler with Farm Shop MFG must have heard that because now we're talking corn planters. Tony, okay, I, did you hear Dennis's crazy story there? No, I did not. It is so dry where he's at in southeast Nebraska. He said his son was running the corn planter across the field, and when he turned around at the end of the field to come back, there was a fire on the other end of the field. He must have hit a rock or something, created a spark. And he said it's that dry here that the, the stalks started on fire around wherever that was. And, oh, my goodness, what a what a tough thing. And, you know, you think about the corn planters, a lot of things that we're watching on there, uh, but, but watching for uh, the chance to create a fire, that's, that's not something that most farmers are ready to do on a yearly basis. Last thing I would be thinking about is that the the uh, planter is going to start a fire. Wow. Not on my list. No, no. Well, hopefully they catch some rain really soon. Hey, speak about that planter, Tony, uh, the closing wheels this year. Uh, we, we've been talking about seed-to-soil contact, and we get a lot of questions about what do you guys mean, how do we measure that, what should we be looking for in the field, and uh, I thought that'd be kind of a timely thing to ask you about here as guys get rolling in the fields. What uh, seed-to-soil is substantially important, and in fact, one of the things that we like to do is we generate a firm vein of soil right there at the seed zone. What I like to do, just like you, I like to dig through across that furrow so I've got a, a cut edge on it, and I'll use my uh, furrow ruler to poke into the seed zone and a little bit above it, half inch, three quarters of an inch above it, and I'm looking for a firm vein right there. There are a couple things that are going to happen with that. One is when we've created that, we've squeezed all the air out, and our seed-to-soil contact is, is superb at that point. The second thing, talking about your dry conditions down there in uh, Nebraska, and I talked with another farmer in Nebraska uh, a couple hours ago on this very same topic, if they can get their furrow down to moisture, bottom of the furrow moisture, and we... Uh, firmly press that soil, it will enhance the wicking of moisture up in that seed zone. And I, I talked a couple of weeks ago about uh, 
a guy down in Oklahoma called me up after listening to uh, you and I talk previously, and uh, he had uh, a competitor's wheels on half the planter and germinators in the other half. After a weekend of planting, he went out on Monday and dug, and he said every row with the competitor's wheels were in dry dirt. Every row with the germinators, it had wicked the moisture up, just like we said. He said, I want to tell you, that's real. The, it had wicked up, and his corn seed were all in moist ground. Uh, his second comment was he had a pile of uh, twisters in the yard, and he needed more germinators. <laughs> so... Yeah, the, it's, uh, it's it, funny, though. You know, you mentioned that, Tony, and I know there's probably some people listening say, you know, I could see that happening, and others are saying, ah, I don't know. There there get to be extreme times out there in fields, and it seems like almost every year there's parts of the field that are a little drier or parts of the field that are a little wetter. And, you know, you don't always have to do things just right, but when you do, sometimes there's there's a pretty nice benefit out of that. Yes, yes. If, if we can get the... Uh we can get all the seeds in a similar condition where they're all hitting moisture. It's going to improve that, uh, that emergence where we get that whole field slightly evener than uh, it might normally occur rather than having the low ground emerging and coming over the higher ground and those have to sit and wait for rain. That is always frustrating the field. If we can do something to create an environment that allows the whole field to emerge at once, that's a real value. And uh, it also looks a lot prettier from the end rows. Yeah, yeah, so, that's for sure. That's for sure. And and getting off to a great start isn't always like twenty bushel more or something like that. But I will take the odds on getting off to a faster start like that and having uh, a healthier young seedling and a healthy root system. Uh, what what a big deal. So Tony's talking about the, the germinator closing wheels. You can check out more details on those at farmshopmfg.com. I know we've been talking about germinator closing wheels for quite a while because uh, they are significantly different than the other ones we see out there. Uh, Tony, thank you so much. Good luck here heading into the spring as well. We've got to head down to northeast Kansas, though. we got Aaron on with us right now. Aaron, how's it going? Good. How are you doing today, sir? Well, pretty good. What's happening down in Kansas? Boy, I hope you're catching a little more moisture. We were talking to Dennis down in southeastern Nebraska, and he said they, they just can't buy any moisture right now. Hopefully things are going better for you guys. We're, we're expecting some rains coming in later this evening, as a matter of fact. Uh, Dad and I are actually trying to finish getting the anhydrous put down right now before it rolls in tonight. Um, Monday we had some storms come through the town seven miles east of us got three inches of rain and we got just enough to dampen the sidewalks so we're trying to take advantage and get all the groundwork while we can you bet absolutely so uh what is planting progress like in northeast kansas well we have we ourselves have not started yet um but i have seen some planters out rolling getting some corn in um we're actually running a little bit ahead of schedule compared to the last couple of years usually we last few years we've been really late being able to get into the field because we've been getting too much rain and right now things are just about perfect it's a beautiful day 81 degrees a little bit of wind blowing today and we're just trying to knock it out trying to get some uh get some groundwork down get some weeds knocked out of the way before we get too carried away this year now when you guys are doing anhydrous down there to to meet the nitrogen needs of your crop are you trying to put everything down at once i, I know you've got some pretty good soils uh, do you put everything down, or are you planning on coming back with a side dress or an in-season application, too? 
Uh, usually what we do, we just put it all down at once um, and then kind of come back later on, you know, spraying for weeds and stuff, but we usually don't do any side dressing on ours. You know, for, for our listeners further south and east uh, that, that are in areas that get timely rainfall, uh, they often have a lot of questions for us. Man, <laughs> you guys in the west talk about putting a lot of N out. Uh, we just have had too many times we've done a side dress application then not gotten any rain. <laughs> and when we don't get right? too much rain, we just don't seem to lose very much in. Well, the problem we run into down here is we'll get so much rain in the spring we can't get into the field. And so everything's late going in, and then all of a sudden it forgets to rain till about two weeks before harvest. <laughs> yes, yes. And that, uh, so, yeah, and like last year we had a serious problem. Our uh, spray rig, uh, we hit a washout with the spray rig last year and snapped the spindle off and couldn't get anything sprayed, so we kind of had the weeds take over on us last year. So that's we're trying to do a lot of mechanical weed control now to try and knock them out of the way before we start. Yeah, breakdowns can be super costly on the farm, no doubt about that. Uh, so this year, well, what supply chain issues? Yeah. Oh, what what are you thinking for crops this year? Are you guys doing corn and soybeans, or are you doing anything different? Uh, we do pretty much corn and soybeans. Um, we did have one cornfield that failed on us last year, so we wound up turning it under, and we planted a little bit of wheat over there. Um, but for the most part, we're all just corn and soybeans. Sure, sure. Yeah, I just I wasn't sure. I didn't think you guys got into to Milo and your part of the state very much, do you? Well, when I was a kid growing up, that's all we did was uh, soybeans, Milo, and wheat. But then uh, about 13 or 14 years ago, we switched away from Milo and went to corn, and we haven't looked back. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully it rains well, enough that, that that's a great decision, man. The way it's been, uh, well, I know like talking to Dennis up in Nebraska, oh, boy, it just it's been a challenge getting rain in some of these areas. Well, hopefully you guys catch some tonight, Aaron. I, I mean, hopefully you get every acre done that you want to get done first, and then the rains start. That would be wonderful. That would be perfect. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck to you. Great to hear from you, and, uh, and thanks for the support. We really appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Darren. Have a great day. Yep, you too. Yeah, it's fun hearing guys rolling out in the field, getting stuff done. It is that time of year, and I know for us on our farm, we've been waiting for uh, some of the some of the lower spots to to dry out with the snow melt and whatnot. We've had a very warm week here. Uh, in fact, we've had several days that we got up to ninety. Today's today's only in the sixties, which is is good. It's still average or above average for us, but. Uh, getting some of those super warm days really did speed things up. We had a lot of snow that had to get melted. And for the most part, outside of the shelter belts, the snow is all gone now. We've got all the equipment ready to roll. And, yeah, we were just excited. I, I think uh, Monday next week, if weather is permitting, we'll be rolling in the field. So hopefully we'll join some of the excitement of, of some of the guys that we talked to today that are already out in the field. Well, if you've got agronomic questions that pop up throughout this season, we would love to help you. We'd love to chat with you if we can. You can always give us a call during the radio show. No matter what our topic is, we'll take any agronomic question you have. And then you can always email us radio at agphd.com as well. Thanks for listening. And be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.